We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Transformative Principal episode 214. I am excited about this interview with Matt Miller because he talks about one of those things that has always irked me in education is the fundraising that we do. And I know we need money. I know we need to do fundraising, but a lot of times it seems like we're just doing the same old thing and not getting the results that we need. And there are exceptions to this, like those schools, and you might be one of those. And if you are, let me know, because I'd love to talk to you more about it. Schools that have these really powerful, big fundraisers that are very worth all the effort that goes into them. You know, I always get annoyed by those fundraisers that are by this cookie dough and no offense to the cookie dough companies, but buy this cookie dough and it seems to be very overpriced. And anyway, this interview, I think you'll like it. Sorry, I just started going on a rant and I didn't even need to. But I'm going to be talking with Matt Miller, who's the founder of School Spirit Vending. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that fundraising is a big issue and I created a little resource for you called Cash, four questions to ask before your next fundraiser. Just go to transformativeprincipal.org slash episode 214 to download Cash, four questions to ask before your next fundraiser. That's transformativeprincipal.org forward slash episode 214. Thanks so much. Welcome to Transformative Principal. 
I am so excited to have on the show today, Matt Miller, who's this founder of School Spirit Vending. And Matt, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle today. Hey, Jethro, thanks for having me on. Good to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because schools, especially in these days, are always struggling with money. And not only do you have a school fundraising company that helps schools fundraise, but you also have a podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about that as well? Yeah. So about two and a half years ago, I became a podcaster initially wanting to put together a show for our franchise team that I could use on a weekly basis to educate them. And so that's where I got my start. But after a little while, I realized that there was a huge void in information in the school fundraising arena. Most companies are working on promotion at a regional level, just because they can't afford to work trade shows in in all 50 states around the country, even though they they could potentially work with schools all over the U.S. And so there was a limited amount of information, coupled with the fact that, you know, a trade show sales pitch oftentimes does not provide a ton of information, given the amount of time that, that folks have to talk. So, My idea was, what if I started a show where it gave me an opportunity to dive deeper with the companies that are out there serving the school environment and uh, to give schools, educators, administrators, and volunteers an opportunity to to hear more of the backstory and and learn more about the companies that they're potentially going to do business with. And so to date, we've interviewed close to 100 fundraising and resource companies um, from all over the United States. We've also put together a guide, uh, which is our 10 top school fundraising ideas guide for 2017. And and, uh, in early 2018, we'll actually have our 2018 guide available. And it's, it's kind of my choice or my picks on some of the companies that I think that are really, really neat. And, and doing some revolutionary things in the industry that most schools have never even heard of before, unless they just happen to be, you know, within the region that that, that company does most of their marketing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how uh, fundraising is this uh, constant challenge that we're, you know, constantly feeling like we need to fundraise and we don't always have a good answer for that. And many times we do like a bake sale or something simple just because we don't have those ideas. So I definitely encourage people to go get the top 10 school fundraising ideas for 2017 and look forward to the one in 2018. Where do people go to get that map? Uh, They can go to schoolzonepodcast.com is the website. And uh, just on the right hand side there, they can, uh, they can submit for the download. Um, And then the podcast itself is, is on Stitcher and iTunes and SoundCloud and I think we're on iHeartRadio as well, so they can find it pretty much anywhere. Cool. Well, well, that's great. And I want to talk a, about school fundraising in general. And first, before we do that, let's talk about your company, School Spirit Vending, which I think has a a great appeal and business model for schools. Can you talk a little bit about what School Spirit Vending is? What we do is we provide custom spirit stickers for schools with their mascot and their colors and all. And then we place a sticker machine in the school at no cost to the school. We place those stickers in the machine along with anything else the kids are into at the time. And then our franchise team 
works directly with your school on a regular basis to come out and service the machine. They rotate the product. So there's always something new in it for the kids. And then we cut you a check for a portion of the proceeds from each and every vend. It ends up being a win-win all around. Uh, Every school has a need for more funds. And in most cases, they're lacking in the volunteer department. And our program is a hassle-free program that that we come in, do all the work. The school just has to cash the check. So it's real simple, real straightforward. Um, We are approaching working with 3,000 elementary schools around the U.S. as you and I talk, Jethro. So we've been doing this for about 10 years, have vended about 40 million stickers during that time. And, you know, produce some really cool stuff that the kids love and, uh, you know, provide a win-win all around with the program. Yeah. You know, I, uh, um, in high school, I worked for my brother-in-law who had a coin-op laundry company and, you know, I would go and collect the quarters. That was my job as part of that. And sometimes I do a few minor repairs on the machines and stuff, but, you know, putting those in apartment buildings and colleges and places like that, you know, those are, that money adds up quick and it doesn't seem like, like you would really, you know, get that much money from quarters, but, but you certainly can, if you've sold 40 million over the past 10 years, that's, that's certainly a lot of money for the schools that you're working with. Yeah, we love it. It's really cool to be able to give back. And you know, what's interesting it's oftentimes not the big things that the schools are interested in our program for. As an example, I was talking to a principal in Grand Rapids, Michigan here a couple of years ago at a principal's event there and kind of shared the program with her and she, and, and she got all excited. And I asked her, I said, ma'am, if you don't mind asking, what will you use the money for? And she said, lice kits. I said, say again. She said, yeah. like, she said like head lice. She said, our district has so much money being poured in right now for technology. We've got laptops and and tablets and all that, uh, you know, more than we need. But she said, all of those funds are earmarked for technology. We can't use a thing of a bit of it for any of the other needs we have. And, And I don't have a line item in my budget for lice kits and I need them. So she said, that's the first thing that the money would be spent on for our school. Many of other other schools, you know, help provide for field trip money for kids who who don't have the money to go otherwise or teacher recognition luncheons and that type of thing. I mean, there's always another need. And the beauty of our program is that you don't have to worry about it. You just get the checks and, and cash them. And, and uh, so it keeps it real simple that way. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like the idea of, of just having something there all the time that you know is going to provide a a stable source of income. One of the things that, that I always get frustrated with is that we go out and we start doing fundraising. And one of the challenges I've seen is that teachers and, and PTAs will start fundraising for no specific purpose. And, you know, they'll just fundraise because they feel like they need to fundraise. But then they don't really have a good idea or way of, of bringing that in. And so what what's your advice to people as they start using your product of, you know, what amount of money can they expect to bring in or how regular is that uh, check coming in, things like that? Well, we are typically servicing every four school weeks or so. So the checks don't come in quite monthly, but pretty close to that by the time the school year is over. 
many schools will see, you know, an extra thousand to $2,000 a year from our program. It varies based on how much the school embraces our program and, and, uh, you know, their willingness to give kids access, you know, on a regular basis. But, you know, as far as the fundraising side of things is concerned, you know, I, I think it all applies. I've always been taught, you know, failure to plan is planning to fail. And so a lot of that is just having foresight, you know, in the few of, of what the school's needs are going to be in the next year or what the potential needs might be, and then figuring out what programs are going to work to help, you know, accomplish those. And, and then figuring out the, in my opinion, the least amount of work that needs to be done in order to make that happen. And thankfully, technology today is making a lot of this easier for schools. But I think there's a lot of them out there that just, they, they don't know what they don't know. And in many cases, they're just doing the same old thing that they've always done every year because they're scared to try something different um, on the outside chance that it doesn't work or whatever. Yeah, I think there's a, a very real reality to that. You talked about giving kids access and, and how schools embrace that. Can you talk a little bit more about that idea of aspect and how there is a a way that you can make the stickers more exciting than the stickers actually are? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we've got a bunch of schools, Jethro, as an example, that use our program not just as a way to, to increase school spirit and to raise money, but as a rewards platform as well. And our schools, many of them that are the most successful, end up doing that, meaning most schools are doing some sort of reward system anyway. Well, why not tie it all together? I had one principal out in Odessa, Texas, uh, several years ago. She got the idea that at the beginning of the school year, she was going to get a bunch of rolls of quarters. And she used those rolls of quarters to incent her teachers to get their lesson plans in on time. So she was seeding the system to begin with. And then she encouraged those teachers to utilize those quarters to incent their kids and as a rewards platform. That school just absolutely thrived with our program for several years that, that she was at the principal there. And it was just because everybody in the school was on board from the top down and understood that this wasn't something that was going to detract from education. It was something that could, could add to the education in that school and to the order within the school if treated that way. I've got another school down in Huntsville, Texas, uh, they use our program as a leadership opportunity for the sixth graders in the school. And just like, you know, when you and I were growing up, there were school patrols that were out, you know, monitoring the kids coming, coming in and out of the school in the morning and after school. They gave a leadership opportunity for sixth graders each week where they would monitor the machine as the kids were coming into the school in the morning and being dropped off. And if any of the little kids had any problems, they could step in and help them. Or if there was an issue with the machine or whatever, they could be there to help resolve it instead of re relying on an adult to do it all. And so it ended up being a win-win. It, it allowed the school a way where the kids had regular access to the machine that was controlled. So it didn't end up becoming a distraction. And it also gave the older kids an opportunity to lead and, uh, and take a more uh, a leadership role within the school. I really like both those ideas. Some people would probably have concerns about paying kids money for doing 
tasks at school or rewarding them with money. How do you how do you deal respond to that uh, concern uh, in that first example you gave? You know, I, I've i never really seen that being an issue. Uh, there may be some that choose not to do that because of that, but there's ways to work around that too. I mean, if a school really needs it, we can work something out to have some stickers on the side that they're able to use or whatever. So, you know, there's there's ways to work around that if if there's a real concern. But for the most part, that really hasn't come up much. Yeah. One of the things that we did in a previous school I worked at was we had a treasure tower and it only used the specific Token. tokens. Yeah. And that was that was not a fundraising opportunity because, you know, we had to buy the tokens from the company, you know, every every month or whenever they came out to service it or whatever. And that was the reward system that we use that kids could put the token in and then get something back. But that certainly was not fundraising and that was more of a reward and so with your approach i see a a different way to have some opportunities for rewards but then also have opportunities for raising funds if kids do come in with quarters to do that and i i like that approach in that it gives more opportunity and gives us a a revenue stream for our school that you know we're all trying to get anyway you know that's that's a reality of of what we're at where we're at right now right yeah ours ours has the ability to to essentially tie both those programs together and have the fundraising aspect and the rewards aspect all in one something else that we do jethro that is a real passion project of mine is most adults have never used a sticker machine before but the stickers get vended out of that machine in a in a cardboard folder that provides the sticker the rigidity it needs to be pushed out of the mechanism. And every other sticker machine in the country at your local grocery store or restaurant or whatever that sells stickers, those folders are blank. There's nothing on them. Well, we print on them. And I saw a way for us to provide value for the kids in our schools over and above just a sticker and and to sow seeds into their life. So as an example, when I was growing up, I was inspired to read as a kid reading comic books. And so once we uh, got several years into this and really had started to gain some traction around the country, I hired a couple of young guys, one a writer and one an artist to create a comic series. Uh, It's called Marlin and Percy. There are a couple of apes that want to be superheroes. And initially they started out as little four panel comics on that cardboard that vends the stickers. Now they're actually uh, full length comic books as well. In fact, we're about ready to release comic number nine and number 10 on Amazon cool. and at MarlinandPercy.com. <laughs> but uh, the kids get a Marlin and Percy comic. They oftentimes will get a word finder, a crossword puzzle or something like that as well. So that there's some other educational value there. And on some of the vans, we actually give away a full length comic to the kids. There's a URL and with parental permission, they can download that uh, ebook for free. Our goal is to kind of turn them into kind of the bazooka Joe of our machines. And ultimately, I'm looking to provide five, ten, twenty dollars worth of value for every vent for our kids, not just a 50 cent sticker. Um, we've also released a program recently that's that's in its infancy, but I'm really excited about it. It's called Inspire a Kid, and we're in the process of putting together a podcast. And 
content to where kids can be hearing inspirational stories of other kids who are inspiring or adults who are inspirational. I, I learned a lot growing up by reading biographies, and this is kind of our way to share the lives of some really, really cool people with the kids in our schools. We're going to get to where we're creating some curriculum and all that that schools or parents can use as well. But once again, that's another value add that comes with many of our VENs that I'm really, really excited and passionate about just because so many kids out there don't get enough of that, in my opinion. And so what better way than the school sticker machine to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I I love both of those ideas. And I remember reading Bazooka Joe's and getting that gum, even though it was disgusting and I hated it (laughs) just for the comic strip. Exactly. So the... The, the comic was much more valuable than than whatever it was wrapped around. So so that's cool. I think we really in education need to find different ways to to do things that are changing the paradigm of how we how we get money into our schools. And with so much pressure and budget cuts and teacher shortages, I mean it's just going to get harder. What are some of the other things that are ideas for fundraising that, you know, you've covered on your podcast or in your top 10 school fundraising ideas, uh, PDF, what are some of the other ideas we should be thinking about in the back of our mind? Well, there's one company that stands out every time I get a chance to share what they do and it's called Readathon. It doesn't completely take you away from you know, from, from the, the fundraising event, but instead of selling stuff that people don't want or overpriced stuff that maybe people shouldn't be eating anyway, <laughs> because of the, the caloric value or whatever, readathon encourages kids to read. And just like a walkathon or a bikeathon or whatever, they essentially collect pledges for the amount of reading that they're going to do. And so what it does is it encourages that reading and that education, but then it also takes care of the fundraising aspect. And they also have a lot of technology that they employ today to where social media, et cetera, of the kids and their parents can work on behalf of the school fundraiser as well to where we're not continuing to go out and sell to the same people that we always do in our neighborhoods or whatever, or, you know, where our parents work, uh, the technology uh, enables, you know, a school to benefit from pledges literally all over the planet, potentially from relatives or friends or people who hear about it because it gets shared by little Johnny's mom. And, and this person happens to be a friend and wants to help out. So the more crowdsourcing aspect because of the technology and the fact that they're encouraging reading to raise money, I, I think is a huge win. And uh, I would encourage every school to be using that program. It's, it's just incredible. You know, there's other programs too, where technology can be leveraged. One of them is called School Fund Center. They're a pretty new company, but what they essentially do is they partner with school districts and have the ability to put links on school websites and on district websites. And essentially it's a, it's a, um, an affiliate relationship with a lot of major companies. So if 
parents are going to go to amazon.com as as an example and buy a bunch of Christmas presents, well, they can just click on one link on the school website and then everything that they buy from Amazon, you know, the school gets a percentage of that that gets kicked back to the school for, for folks doing what they're already going to do anyway. And once again, just leveraging the technology that's out there. Now there's another company out there called eScript and what eScript does is they sell gift cards online to just about any major company you can think of. And of course there's a percentage profit that comes along with that. Schools can set up a little store online that is always linked to their website And so anytime, once again, you're going to get a Starbucks gift card for a friend or you're going to, you know, you're going to spend money at the local Walmart or whatever, you can go purchase that eScript electronic gift card and then use that card to do your regular purchasing at Walmart and the school gets a little piece because, you know, the initial purchase was made through an affiliate relationship with eScript. There's more and more and more of those types of scenarios that are available out there that require a little research, but the beauty is they're ongoing and they're leveraging the technology that we're all using today so that schools don't necessarily have to run around with sign up and order forms all over the countryside we can leverage the technology that's out there to help us do what we do more efficiently and effectively and raise the same money that we need to raise anyway. Yeah, great examples. One of the challenges that schools often face is that we, you know, put all this effort into raising money through a fundraiser and then uh, we end up giving so much of that money to that company that is helping us. And of course, you know, they need to have a business model and it has to work for them. But sometimes it's it's challenging to do that. Do you have any advice on for principals on negotiating in those programs to get a better deal for the school or something like that? You know, the challenge with that, Jethro, is this, that the, those companies have their expenses and their business teams and everything, and they're ultimately in business to do business. So the challenge is anytime the school negotiates a better deal uh, with that company, it means that the item is going to cost more to the end consumer because the numbers are what the numbers are. So not to say that, that there can't be some negotiation done, but the reality is somebody's going to pay for that difference. And that just means that that cookie dough now is $2 more expensive to, to meet some magical percentage that the school has in their mind that they have to make on this. So just keep that in mind. One of the challenges that we have with school spirit vending that, that on occasion we have to educate schools on is the fact that we can't do that. We can't change our pricing. We're locked into a 50 cent vend. So because of that, you know, 25% of our program goes to the school given that the school does nothing except for providing some space, you know, we're out back at the school every month, rotating product, managing the inventory, all of that. And so there is a lot of expense on our end involved just to provide that support. Um, And, and many other companies are, are similar in that, in that fashion, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And, you know, I, we don't want to like, take something from 
you know, somebody else that they need to survive, obviously. But what I do want to make sure principals are aware of as we're talking about it, though, is that depending on the kind of fundraiser you're doing and who you're working with, there are ways to make it more beneficial. For instance, working with a school picture company, you know, I've, I've worked with numerous ones over the years and getting that overall cost down is one way that you can help by, you know, they often provide a certain number of free packets and you can bypass those free packets and ask them to spread that out over, you know, making each thing a dollar cheaper. And depending on how many there are, those kinds of things could work. And so, you know, I think the important thing is asking the question of of how else can we make this work better for our families and figuring out a way to do that. You know, that's really the question that I was asking there is, is how do you start that conversation and make sure that you're having that conversation, not just, you know, just doing it however it's set up, but making sure you really understand the the whole process. Does that make sense? I feel like I was kind of rambling there. No, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, let me give you a couple examples of a couple of companies that that can help the school capture even even more money. One is an example is called Get Moving Crew. The owner Wendy Tybus. She was, uh, I think they had a, a initially were like a walkathon, and they they did all the work and and all that, just like a lot of other similar companies do. They've transitioned, though, in the last year to where they provide the software platform for schools to do their own walkathon or or whatever a thon that they want. In the process, there's a lot less money that goes to pay for the use of that platform because they're providing the support structure and the technology needed, but they're not running the event. Big, big, big difference in the amount of money that the school yes. gets to keep versus the company keeping. So they're one example of, of a company that that the percentage is is much, much, much lower because you're just using their technology and then going and hosting your own event. There's another company called We Fund For You, and they essentially accept pledges from schools uh, or, or from people on school's behalf. There's no product involved. It, it, they're just appealing, you know, because the school needs to you know, raise X amount of dollars. They've got the the technology platform to help you get the word out and to help raise that money. But since there's not a product involved, once again, the majority of the money goes back to the school. And then we fund for you makes a little bit in exchange for providing the technology necessary to to do what you do better. So there are some things out there that can definitely be done. And once again, that's why being better educated on all this is so important because there's so much out there. We all have limited time and oftentimes we just default to what we did before or the fact that we went to a a leadership conference and there was an exhibit space and we saw a a company or two that, that looked like a good idea and just opted to go with them instead of doing our due diligence and having a better idea of some of the other things out there. And that's why one of the big reasons why I do the podcast today is I can be that guy to help these schools get a better handle on this stuff and do a bunch of the work for them and help them filter through a lot of the opportunities that are out there. Yeah. Well, that was that, that second part was you answering exactly what I was asking is it's not just, (laughs) it's not just doing 
uh, the same fundraiser you've always done, like figure out what it is that you actually need the help with. And sometimes it's just software. Sometimes it's people, sometimes it's other things. And, and if you're thinking about that and asking the right questions, then you, you could find a way to make it work. So thank you for answering the question that I was trying to ask, even though I didn't ask it. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> so um, the last question that I ask uh, on all my podcasts is what is one thing a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader? I, I would just say lead, you know, on the, because I'm in the fundraising world, I, I would just say do a better job of defining exactly what it is you and your school want to accomplish in, in the upcoming year or the upcoming semester, and then finding the right companies to partner with, to do that, giving some direction. I've seen too many schools where the, where the administrator just says the PTO or the PTA, you do it. And they don't provide any guidance or any leadership in that regard. And I think it's important you know, the PTA or the PTO is a, is a group of moms, you know, in most cases or dads who are there volunteering to help, but they don't have the expertise that you have. They don't have the wealth of knowledge that you have. They, they're not exposed to the things that you have been exposed to as a leader of a school. So make sure that you're doing your part to provide direction and, and to get educated yourself because there's a lot of good that can happen. There's a lot of causes that can be partnered with that are doing more than just supporting and raising money for your school. And there's a lot of cool technology platforms out there today that can simplify that process for everybody if they know about it. Yeah, absolutely. And one more time, Matt, can you uh, let people know how they can connect with you and with your podcast and your uh, company and anything else you want to promote here? So uh, School Spirit Vending, of course, is our vending company. We provide the hassle-free fundraising for schools with our program. Uh, the school can go to schoolspiritvending.com. And, and get more information about our program there. You know, if anybody knows anybody who potentially would want to be part of our franchise and potentially help provide our program to schools in your area, um, they can go to ssvbusiness.com and get more information on the franchise side of things. And then finally, the podcast is called the School Zone School Fundraising Ideas Podcast. They can find that at schoolzonepodcast.com or on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's the school zone podcast and would love to help out any way that we can. Great. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you today on transformative principle. Thanks Jethro. Appreciate you, man. And God bless you. Hey, real quick. I just want to let you know that fundraising is a big issue and I created a little resource for you called cash Four questions to ask before your next fundraiser. Just go to transformativeprincipal.org slash episode 214 to download cash for questions to ask before your next fundraiser. That's transformativeprincipal.org forward slash episode 214. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed that interview with Matt and he gave me some good ideas about some ways that I can provide more value to you and that you can also provide more value to your school. So I hope that you uh, enjoyed that interview and it gave you some opportunities to think about different ways that you can raise funds for your school. And I'm really glad that he answered the question that I 
wanted him to answer, which was just because we've been doing school fundraisers this way for a while, is that the best way? And I'd really encourage you to take some time and reflect on that and really pay attention to whether or not that is beneficial for you or not. And, you know, I think that would be a great opportunity for you to do that and make sure that the fundraising you're doing is truly worthwhile and that you're getting everything that you need from it. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle, and I will see you next week. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.